The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaner Nation. Mike Campion here with a familiar friend, if you are a fan of the show. And if not, get ready to be a fan of our guest, Suzanne Bandick, one of our uh, growth coaches and all around kind of smart human being. So today, um, and I love having Janelle and Suzanne on because they probably get the most one-on-one time with our clients. I get a lot of group time, but they get the one-on-one time. And she gets to kind of hear the the stuff I think sometimes people are a little less willing to share in front of the group. And one of the things I've seen from a group, and I know she sees one-on-one, is the transition from going from cleaner or more globally worker bee to owner. And that can look like no one cleans like I do, or if I'm not, I've got it because I'm the owner, I've got to be there first there and, and last out. And I can't ask my employees to do anything I wouldn't be willing to do. Um, or just a lot of what I would consider limiting beliefs if you're trying to move from I'm a cleaner, trying to be an owner, or I'm a cleaner with some helpers, just trying to make that transition from self-employed, right? I'm a pool guy who cleans pools to business owner, right? I own a company that happens to provide the service of pool cleaning that my people perform. So that is the table best I can set it. Suzanne? You jump in anywhere you see fit, and I shall crack wise, as is my custom. Thank you, Mike. Okay, let's talk today about the importance of having a business person identity. And I have one big question for all of our listeners. Are you the owner of a cleaning company, or are you the cleaning company? And if you're the cleaning company, you're doing everything. And we see that a lot. So let's be aware, if you do not make the shift in identity, nothing will change in your business and you will stay where you are forever. And that is true for someone who's cleaning, who wants to step out of cleaning and become a real owner. And it's true for someone who's doing $100,000 a year or $500,000 a year when they want to up level. You still have to change your identity. Okay. So let's have a look at that. Actually, um, let me advocate for the guys that have, I love having Suzanne on because we are so similar in so many ways, but our thought process is just wildly different. So I can always kind of speak up for the guy or gal who thinks a little more like I do. And it's like, well, hold on, I've got a problem with that. I would offer a small asterisk to what Suzanne said, because I agree hundred percent. If you don't change your identity, you're not going to change your results long-term, but you can be like Sisyphus and get the rock up the hill a little bit. It's going to come crashing right back down. So just for those of you guys, well, I have made changes in my business without changing my identity. I'm sure you have. Um, they've probably not been long-term and they've probably not been foundational changes. So there are small things that you can do and even big things you can do, but if your identity is going to revert to the mean, if your identity is that you're a broke, miserable person, it is very hard to have a business that isn't owned by a broke, miserable person. So I just want to encourage 
there are exceptions, but not any ones that we want. Like, does anyone want to grow their business just a little bit, just for a second and not get the you know, big deal? So I just want to encourage, yes, there are some, you can make changes to your business, but if you really want to make a global change in your business, especially as a coach, because this is what we do this is what we get paid to do. We know we got to get the, once we get the entrepreneur right, it's so simple for the business to get where we want to go. And until we get the business right, it's just like dragging a rock up a hill. It just keeps going back down. Exactly. <laughs> all right, we're going to podcast. We, we've, we've said all that we can be saying. <laughs> Wrap it. So, so now, I mean, we've, we've set the stage. We've talked about the importance of having the business owner mindset, the business owner identity. And before we finish this podcast, I want to talk about ways that you can get there. But let's talk about the middle part. And that's the discomfort of changing the identity, which often causes us to not make the change. And I don't think people talk about that. I don't like when you're like, let's talk about the middle part. I was like, what's the middle part? And you're like that discomfort. I'm like, man, once you say it, it's so obvious that it's uncomfortable. But until you said it, it wasn't obvious at all. So I think that's probably the sneakiest hidden part that people don't realize is a thing, therefore it doesn't get done, and therefore they sabotage your own results. And that's why I want to let everybody know that you're not alone. And sometimes, you know, when you're not part of a group, when you're not part of a mastermind, that monkey mind gets in there and says, it's just you. It's just, and then you feel all alone. However, you're not alone. It's really important to let everybody know that, that if you're having discomfort thinking, for instance, if I stop cleaning and I hire cleaners and I try to move back into a business owner identity or a business person, what do I do with my time? That's a big one. It's so easy to say I'm too busy cleaning to do anything else. But now if you don't have to be doing the cleaning, you're like, wait a minute, now I got to be responsible for more things. What if I can't do those other things? That's the, you're so right, Susan. I don't think people address any of this stuff. There's that secret fear, sometimes unarticulated fear. So some people, I think, know this and think through it. Other people, I don't even think they've thought through it, but it's just a scary thing that they haven't really gone through. So I'm glad that we can do this for people. Of As long as I'm cleaning, I always have the excuse of, well, I'm cleaning. And that's why we make up my clients need me and they'd all quit and, I like cleaning and just a bunch of things that aren't necessarily or even remotely true often because we know if we get out of cleaning and the business doesn't grow, it's because of us. And we don't have that. It's, you know, we kind of have to look ourselves in the mirror and go, if I'm being honest, I don't know what to do next. And I'm a fear. I'm afraid. And why wouldn't you be of looking stupid or doing the wrong thing? So that is such a sneaky, pernicious fear because I don't think people get it. So I'm glad that we're holding it out in the light. Because once you see it and hear it, you're like, well, that's not so scary. Why would I be expected to know what I'm doing? I have, no one's taught me how to do this. Like once you can kind of just say it out loud in front of everybody and go, well, there's not really any shame in that at all. But until you bring it in a light and really articulate it, it's like, it just is this gross feeling of fear. So really great job on all of this, Suzanne. Well, thank you, Mike. And I love how you actually put it into like the common language of, of course, this is normal. 
right? You, it, it, and it truly is. As I said, again, don't feel like you're the only one that has this fear because that's extremely scary. Wait a minute. Now I'm going to announce that I want to grow. I'm willing to grow. I'm willing to have a business. But what if I fail? Can I pile on the other kind of secret fear that I don't think people really are able to communicate? What will I do for meaning? And now we're kind of getting deep. Like, I, I still remember a, a gal named Michelle who helped out of cleaning. And she was, I think, in her early 50s, maybe late 40s. And she was like, I woke up and I've been cleaning for 10 years. I literally didn't know what to do with my time or myself. And it's like, not only can you not have the deeper thoughts and conversations with yourself around how do I grow this business? How do I become an owner? But there's always, I want more time with my family. I want more time with my kids. I want more time. And then you get it and you're like, well, that's, there's some responsibility with that. Like maybe, you know, like that's actually a thing in the world I have to really deal with. And they're just afraid that they won't be needed. And there's some meaning in, to them and to you and to us of like, I've got to be needed, but that meaning costs your freedom. So to not be needed is the only way to be free and to be needed feels good. But by definition, you're a slave to the needs if you're going to take care of the people that you're serving. Wow, that's deep. Heard it a couple of times, walk people through it, walk through it myself, been there. It took me a long time to figure out this business is here to serve me and give me the, and give freedom. And it, for a long time, me and even my family would be in my subconscious mind, at least there to serve the business. Like we're all here to make this thing work. And it's like, no, 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 the business is here to serve me and my family. And I think we get confused on that quickly and easily. And often we'll go back and forth. All right. So any other, now that we've kind of pulled some of the fears that people have and maybe haven't articulated to themselves or certainly not out loud, is there another step between like, okay, how to make that mindset shift or do we just need to like identify the fears? Well, the point is, first of all, let's identify them and let's acknowledge our discomfort and why we have that discomfort. Because if we don't, it shows its head as procrastination. Mm -hmm. It shows its head. Procrastination comes up in a myriad of excuses. I don't have the time. I'm not able. I'm right. We come up with a whole ton of excuses, but really the behind the scenes is the procrastination, which is caused by the fear. And creates self-doubt, judgment, shitting all over ourselves. You should do this. You should do that. You should be a better business owner. You should work harder. And this is so timely because we are recording this uh, the Monday before Thanksgiving, 2023. And this is when it starts, not now, Monday, after Black Friday, after all this stuff, Monday through the end of the year is the part where people go, I thought I'd be further along than I am. And is this the first or the second or the third or the fourth? I thought I'd be further along. And then we, as opposed to pulling it out and going, what did I do? And kind of have these conversations with yourself that Suzanne and I are having ideally with you. We just shame and judgment because of a bad person, because either excuses like the world, the COVID, the whatever, or shame and you're just a loser. You're too stupid. You don't work hard enough. You were born poor. You, you fill in your own blank. Right. Okay. So I'm going to give you four things that will help you become the business owner. And it's all based on success success our success is 80 percent 
mindset first. 20% is the right actions, doing them the right way. So let me jump in again as the advocate for the mindsets, all hooey and, you know, quit tr- hugging. I don't hug trees. I got on a real business here. Enough of your fooling around. Um, man, I was that way for so many years. And that's, I still default to that belief of the mindset is, I don't want to say hooey, but like a soft skill or it's like a supportive thing. And boy, it took coaching other human beings to really, and it's funny because it's not like I was immune. I just couldn't recognize it in myself as clearly as I, you know, when your job is to help other people actually get results and you know, you've done it over and over again. And a hundred percent of the time, if you do A, B, and C, you'll get D. It's just math. One plus one always equals two. If you do the things we actually do, you'll get results a hundred percent of the time. Yet, if less than 100% of people get results, what could the what could the difference be? And it is, I don't know if I'd even go 80% mindset, 20% what to do and how to do it. I'd put like the engine and the fuel. Like it's like, well, the engine's 80% of it and the fuel's still, it's like, well, you ain't getting anywhere with that both. Like it's not. Exactly. It, they're both. So I think the, the, the reason we don't like the mindset is we can't track it. So that if you're a nerd and a crazy black and white person with me with no gray, which is not serving me well, I'm not advocating, I'm just acknowledging it for all of you insane people like me out there. You want to be able to cut, dang, check it, count it, put it in a box, say pass, fail, and with numbers and finances and activities and dials and leads, you can you just you can count it all. It feels great as a business owner. But that doesn't mean it's more important. <laughs> it just means it's easier to count. And the mindset stuff, which is like what actually moves things forward or pulls things from even when all the counts things are right, the mindset's wrong, you're never going to get out of it. Well, let's put it not a cleaning business, but let's talk about even losing weight because sometimes it's easiest to see. Our, our thoughts are creating our life. So let's say you are a heavy person that decides they want to reduce their weight and you do. You become slim and fit and looking great. However, if your mind is still saying, I am a heavy person, you will gain the weight back because that's the identity. And so it's always easier to see in other people and other situations, but I think that makes it very graphic. To put an even finer point on it, because I love your example, is addiction, right? Like, I forget who I was talking to, but an expert in addiction talked about smokers, and he helped people not smoke, and he was an expert in it. And he said, I know when someone's actually done smoking, they're not a smoker. And I'm like, and I'm thinking time. Is it they've been not, they haven't had a cigarette in two weeks or two years? Or, you know, I, that's me counting. Well, how many cigarettes, how much time? Like, super analytic, which for business owners, guys, gals, it's a strain. I'm not saying you shouldn't have this, but if you, if you exclude your beliefs, you might as well throw it in the garbage. Same thing. If you have all the beliefs in the world that are perfect, but you're not willing to do the right things, you, you might as well throw that in the garbage. And he goes, it's when they start identifying. So when I, if Suzanne offered me a cigarette, I wouldn't think about it or go, well, I'm a smoker, but I'm trying to quit and I haven't quit, you know, I'm a recovering and I haven't, whatever. I would just go, oh, I don't smoke. Like it's not, I wouldn't have a, there, there would be no thoughts. It would just be, I, I don't, that's identity, right? Like, right. can you dunk a basketball? Nope, I, I, I don't have any thoughts. I just, that's not something I am. And when smokers still smoke, they would say they'd have a thought process. They go, I'm quitting. But for a non-smoker or a true non-smoker who used to smoke just goes, oh, I don't smoke. Like it's not, 
because that's something you think about. So again, when you change your identity from non-smoker to smoker, learning a new language, when you start dreaming in the new language, like your identity has now shifted to, I, I'm a Spanish speaker, I'm an English speaker, whatever you're, whatever you're dreaming of. Hey, amazing people, you may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show, for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. Please continue. I keep uh, taking you off track because this is such a fascinating subject. So... Again, remember, this is Suzanne you're talking to. So I'm going to say wherever you are, there's no beating yourself up. Okay? You may have decided in the past that you wanted to be a business owner or you're frustrated. Mike, you brought it up, the time of year. You're frustrated you're not further ahead. I am going to say to you, simply acknowledge I am where I am. I did what I knew how to do, and it's okay. You can make a decision right now in this moment to move forward and make a different change. And as you move along, will you always get it right? No. Will you sometimes slip back? Yes. However, if you keep the destination in mind, I promise you will always get there. You can do this without beating yourself up. Suzanne's Again, let me translate it to the mic so we go, no, I have to beat myself up. <laughs> I would insanely so. Okay, because I love speaking. I love us talking because you can talk to half of the world. I can talk to the other half and we'll get, most people will get <laughs> from one of our, the combination of both. I'm more pragmatic probably than is helpful. <laughs> and I tell the people on my coaching side and we coach the exact same thing, but just Suzanne says it in a way that hits differently. Um, Suzanne or Mike, I'll do it to myself because I'm like, no, I got to beat myself up. And we have this thing. If I don't beat myself up for it, I'll do it again. So I've got to kind of do this self-abuse. And again, I'm not saying physically, just mentally, just put yourself through the ringer to teach myself a lesson to, A, just never works. I can just assure you that. But B, it's like, okay, if abusing past Mike would help, I still don't think it'd be a good idea, but we could have the conversation. Like if there's some sort of time machine, I could go back and abuse him then, and it could affect now. I don't know if that'd be a good idea or bad idea, but it'd be worth the conversation. I think even Suzanne would be like, yeah, that's maybe there's some good in that. Let's talk about abusing past Mike. If we could actually talk to him back then and impact today. And Suzanne's saying no, but I would at least say we could talk about it, but we can't past Mike is dead. He no longer exists. So we can only beat the crap out of current Mike for fast past Mike's behaviors and past Mike is dead. He can't hear it. He can't be affected by it. We can't communicate. There is no time machine. So I'm, I'm being less extreme than Suzanne or more extreme, depending on what, what pole you're sitting on going, I would countenance the conversation if it could have any impact on today, but just beating the crap out of past Mike is like, well, that pretends that past Mike exists. He doesn't. So we're just beating up present Mike and present Mike has no impact on past Mike's behavior. He doesn't have a time machine. So just give ourselves permission to say, to do it in the reverse and go, well, where does future Mike want to be? And what encouraging words can I say to current Mike to get in there? So again, just if talking to the past could help, we could talk about it, but it can't, that guy's dead. And the future guy hasn't arrived. So the only guy we can speak to now is today. So why judge yesterday's actions when they're irrevocable? 
Thank you. Well, now they've heard it in two ways. I think we've got that down. <laughs> the smart way and the dummy way. I'm going to let you guys guess who's is who. <laughs> Sorry if you're in Team Mike dummy camp and you're like, wait, Mike's made sense. I no, no, no. Just the thick-headed way is probably a better way to say it. It's correct. Let's cover it in every way possible because that's one of our foundational beliefs between both of us. Right. Okay. So now we're going to talk about four things to focus on if you say, yes, I want to have a business owner identity that's stronger than ever. First question is, what is the best decision for my business? Okay. We need to create the clarity. So is it the best decision for my business to say, I need to step back and help everyone grow? And, and let's, let's translate that into if I'm working in the business and I have to do everything, I'm cleaning, I'm trying to find the customers, I'm doing it all. That's one way to, to go through life. The second way is if I step back, how many more people can I help? I can serve more clients. I can serve more people by hiring them and giving them money and giving them work and giving them stability and giving them something for their life. So there's more wrapped up in this than just ourselves. Can I go super guy on this one? Uh-huh. A high uh, charter school was foolish enough to allow me to uh, coach, co-coach a basketball team of their guys. And, um, you know, I'm an old man, but I was bigger and stronger than all those kids. And I could do some things that they couldn't do. And I'd never coached basketball before, but I played that. I love playing basketball. I'm not the best, but I'm, I've got some skill. And I really enjoy it. And it was so gosh dang frustrating, screaming into the wind because there's a lot of noise post up or box that guy out or there's a clear wide open guy or like and i felt just completely helpless because all i could do is scream and it's because i hadn't changed my identity i was on the side trying to be a player and if they needed a player and i'd signed up for a player that would be appropriate behavior to go get out of there and let me do this for you i'm bigger and i'm stronger and you guys are just not going to get it done um but i wasn't a player I was a coach. So I'm sure hopefully I wasn't frustrating my team, but I was frustrating myself unnecessarily. So the same thing goes with our business. If you want to be a player, that's fine. Get a job. There's nothing wrong. It's not like coach is good, players bad or vice versa, but you got to do the job that you sign up for. And if you you really want to be an owner, yeah, it's a lot of sitting. And guess what? You're going to sit on the the bench or on the side and plan and yell at guys. And sometimes they're going to listen and sometimes they're not. And sometimes they're going to execute the way that you would have, and sometimes they're not. But just like Suzanne said, you got to just be clear on who you are and what you want out of this thing. And if my job is to go play basketball, I could go find peers of mine and play basketball with them, and it would be totally appropriate. But if I said, hey, I'm going to be a coach here, I have to kill some things that I might want because it's not about me. It's about the team. And especially if I'm on a team, it should always be about the team. But if I'm the coach of the team, it daggum well better be about the team. So... I think it's just understanding what you're there. And if you're going to be a player, that's called an employee. And that's great. Employees are amazing. But if you're going to be a coach, you got to coach. And we the, the problem is we, we get into the step in the coach position. We want to play, play the game. That's not fair to the other players. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So first is the decision. 
And when you make that decision important enough, it's it helps you move forward, mm-hmm. right? If there's enough strong enough reason, this is important for my business, it's important for other people, you move forward. So now how do you move forward? Number two is I'm going to suggest I am statements. Mm, my favorite. I see so this is my favorite because of you, Suzanne. I didn't have these or use these until you introduced me to them and I love them. Okay, so defining who you choose to be as a business owner. What are the characteristics you want to embody and how do you want to feel? So to say things to yourself like, I am successful, I am decisive, I have a strong team and a strong business. If you write those down and you start to say them to yourself daily, you're your subconscious mind will start to pick up that you are. And this work, unfortunately, works both ways. So this isn't something you can either do or not do. You are doing this. It's just you're doing it unintentionally. And unintentionally, the I am statements are often, I am struggling. I'm always cleaning. I try and I fail all the time. So you are, this is an opt, you, this is an opt into like, oh, that's a good idea. I'm going to try it. No, you're doing it as we speak. All you're going to do is do it on purpose back to step one to get the result that you want and get the best thing for your your team as opposed to arbitrarily and just whatever thought comes in your mind, whether it helps or not, kind of giving it a home for a minute. Absolutely. And this is if this is one of the things that, you know, for a lot of our listeners, you're going to say, ah, oh, that's kind of airy, fairy, don't want to do it. I am, you know, what, say that daily, that's just silly. However, I'm going to say it again, it's one of the tactics that many, many successful multimillionaires have used to help them walk into the role of being successful. Well, that's why I'm hammering. This isn't opt-in or opt-out. So you can say to Suzanne or me, well, that's stupid. It's airy-fairy. It doesn't work. I can also say the same thing about gravity. I can opt out of gravity, but if I walk up a building, I will fall regardless of my thoughts of that, that, right? So... These, what you tell yourself of who you are is going to impact you. So I get going, I don't want to do that. You can opt in and out of anything, but you're already doing it. So we're not advocating for doing something new. We're advocating for being intentional about something you're already doing. Our entire thought process is questions and item statements. I wonder what would be this. I wonder what would happen. Well, I'm to this, so that won't happen. And I wonder what we hear, and then I'm this. So just going back and forth between asking ourselves questions and answering them, and many of the answers are caught up with beliefs about ourselves. So Suzanne's not advocating, advocating trying something new. She's, or we, I should say, we are advocating doing what you're already doing on purpose to serve a goal as opposed to get, yeah, because the I am statements you have have gotten you where you're at. If you want new, we said earlier, if you want a new outcome, you need a new identity. If you want a new identity, you need new I am statements. Right. So number three, practice your introduction as a business owner. Hi, my name is, and I own this cleaning company. This is our focus. Practice. So now I've now really got to push this. So I get it because I remember owning a cleaning company. And when I still cleaned, I felt like I didn't own a cleaning company. I felt stupid. I want to get found out. Right. And I think a lot of our people feel that way and beyond. For, so for me, my standard is, well, when I'm out of cleaning, I can say I own a cleaning company and not feel weird about it. I've had million dollar owners who haven't cleaned in years. 
share with me that they feel they still don't. So again, my standard was felt like the right standard. So I met other people who had different standards. I'm like, well, yours is stupid. <laughs> but I'm sure they felt the same way about mine. So how do we reconcile that? You choose to change it now. Tell me about okay. that. Okay. You're not, you're not doing what you, f- you're not saying the words of where you feel you're at now. You're saying the words of where you want to be. So if you are still cleaning, I would still suggest you introduce yourself by your name and your cleaning company I am the owner of, which is true, even if you do happen to currently be cleaning. However, you will get out of the cleaning role, I guarantee it, way faster. That's true, because I was caught up in my own like integrity and blah, blah, blah. But if the goal, again, what's the goal? What's the role I'm playing? And my goal is to get out of cleaning. And I know because I don't like being out of integrity with myself, if I believe when I say I'm an owner and I'm still cleaning, I'm going to be out of cleaning faster, even though it would be uncomfortable for me, like we talked about. By the way, you are still the owner. If you created the business, if you run the business, even if you're still cleaning, you're not out of integrity. You are the owner. You're just temporarily filling in on cleaning a little bit. So your company runs well. Yeah, it's you're so right i'm so rigid there's got to be some gray in there it can't just be so black and white all right love that thanks for opening my mind uh, a tiny bit so it's, it's always cracked closed so thank you what's number four <laughs> number four is the focus on what are the three most important business building things i need to do today okay and i usually say what are the revenue generating business building activities all right but if you don't focus on this is something I need to do to create and to build my business, you will be focused just on cleaning forever. Yeah, I'll even make it, you tell me if I'm taking too much liberty with your your number four here, Suzanne. I would even go, what's the one to three things? I'm okay with one. Like as long as we've got some clarity on. Right. And I would even modify that usually income generating. I'd agree with usually, but in relation to what we're talking about today the most income generating thing long term would be is if you're cleaning to stop cleaning so it may not be selling something it may be getting a hiring funnel having an interview training an employee because long term that's the way you know to make money you've got to be out of the bag on thing perfect i love it so let's do it that's it one to four and the the main point is Think about, are you the owner of a cleaning company or are you the cleaning company? And last thing I want to get, just because I've, I've made this mistake, be really careful. I love the I am statements because we tend to do that. I want statements. And I don't, I think those are far less powerful. Those are going to sabotage you because if I say I want to own a cleaning company, by definition, I've just told myself, I do not own a cleaning company. Why would I want Correct. to own I do one. So when I say I am the owner of a successful cleaning company, my mind responds very different than if I want this thing. Now I'm telling it I don't have this. So I know I'm getting a little into the weeds, but I just, I know for me, that's been a big distinction. Perfect. Anything to wrap it? You feel like we said what needs to be said? I think we've said what needs to be said. Thank you, Mike. All right, Cleaning Nation, if this has been helpful and you want more, you can go to growmycleaningcompany.com. Um, obviously, We've got, I don't know, over a thousand podcasts. There's a Facebook group. We're on Instagram. Uh, Reach out if you need some personalized help. But wherever you go, whatever you do, 
the magic too, right? You've got to know what to do and you've got to know how to believe. And if you, any curriculum, coaching program, mentor, mastermind group, any book that you read that doesn't give you both is going to be woefully short. You've got to know who, who how you need to think and, and what you need to do. And believe it or not, I had to pick one. You need them both, but it'd, it'd be how to think. Because if you know how to think, you can figure out what to do. But if you don't know how to think, you, you know exactly what to do. And there's always going to be an excuse. So take action. Don't be a, that's great. And hit next podcast without taking some sort of action. Never leave the scene of a decision or a commitment, especially if it's the end of, end of the year and you want next year to be different at this time. GrowMyCleaningCompany.com. Get some help. Uh, I think there's a like seven minute kind of resource there that's free, easy, you know, give you next steps. Check it out now. GrowMyCleaningCompany.com. See you there. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can, as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.